You're listening to the Con Artist Podcast. The art of confidence through the creative mind with Allison Robertson and Blake McIver. Hi, Allison. Hi. <laughs> Are you okay there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just excited. <laughs> it's a week. It's been a week. It's, like it's been a, a two. It's been two weeks. It's I mean, been... no, but come on. We have the best guest ever today. We have a very exciting guest. And uh, admittedly i'm gonna be a terrible i usually I, I usually fancy myself a pretty good interviewer i'm gonna be a terrible interviewer i'm gonna let you take <laughs> the lead on this one because we're interviewing one of my best friends yes, we are. in the world who happens to be jackie cox from season 12 of rupaul's drag race <laughs> but is really just my best friend Darius. <laughs> so it's going to be a very interesting, different kind of interview. But I cannot, I cannot wait because there is so much to get into in talking about art and drag. And well, he's so talented. Here's the thing. He's so talented. So talented. He's so talented. And also, there is one thing that I don't think people realize that when we get into all of the sort of psychology stuff that we love to talk to talk uh -huh. about on this podcast, is that Darius is incredible incredibly intelligent like his, both his parents are biologists like scientists like his dad is a is a, a biologist at uc irvine yeah no 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 there he like comes from mega smart like massively incredible brains both his mom and dad <laughs> so okay i'm so intrigued i mean i know of course i know so through you is, and i've known him for a decade but I, I'm just, a, I'm a fan. Right, I'm a fan. but the, but those, but people that just know Jackie from Drag Race, right? Just Jackie, Jackie Cox from season twelve wouldn't necessarily know because Jackie's so fun and free spirited and fun loving and beautiful and, 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 blah, blah, know, blah, blah. Yeah. and gorgeous yeah. and all of yeah. that, blah blah blah. But you you don't know that there is like an incredibly intellectual brain underneath that big wig. <laughs> I love that. That that goes on a pillow. <laughs> Melissa, please cross stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not wait any longer. Let's let's bring in Jackie. All right, I'm so excited because this person is literally one of my best friends on the entire planet. And it's rare that we have someone on our show that we're already so close to. I know him as the phenomenally talented artist, uh, Darius Rose. You might know him better by his other name, fan favorite from RuPaul's Drag Race season 12 and many, many other fabulous appearances and, uh, and work. But please welcome to the Con Artist Podcast, Jackie Cox. Oh my gosh. Hi, you guys. I'm very excited to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for bringing your charisma, uniqueness, nerd, and talent to our podcast. Oh, thank you. Get, yes, yes. I had to get that out of the way. The nerd <laughs> is very much alive and well as, you know, uh, just just today I started releasing Marvel-themed oh. Instagram posts. Yes. <laughs> why not? You know, why not? Well, and I wore a Star Wars shirt in your honor. Ugh, best for the, dad the in the galaxy. Well, yeah, so it's twofold. It's, you know, it's we'll we'll get into like yes. we'll we'll tell the people why I'm your drag the, dad, the why you don't have a drag story. mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so it's it's both the nerd and the it's my for those of you who are just listening and not watching, it says best dad in the galaxy in the Star Wars font. Mm -hmm. Because we're we're nerds. What can we say? Amen. I love it. Uh, well, I I mean I'm. Can I just I just want to ask. I mean, you're so talented. You're so beautiful. 
you're have so much depth about you. I mean, there's just every time I open my social media. This has been a great interview so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And good night. thanks for having us. Uh, okay. So thank <laughs> you. That's great. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm serious. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm always excited to see what you're doing and you know, can you just, I'm going to, I'm jumping over Blake here. I'm how, tell me how it started. Yeah. Like, tell me how this was this something you've been doing since birth, you know, is this, where does this creative being come from? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if we take it like all the way back, you know, I always I was a basically an only child, like I grew up kind of mostly just me and my mom alone. Uh, and I kind of retreated into like a bit of a fantasy world in my bedroom a lot where I was like reading, you know, Wizard of Oz or Alice in Wonderland and all these kind of like fanciful stories and or, you know, watching Disney movies like Mary Poppins and all these kinds of like fanciful worlds. And then I'd start to like, I didn't realize this at the time, but I kind of played with toys in a weird way where I would rather than like, you know, like hit them at each other. I don't know what kids do, but I, <laughs> I would like set them up into like little scenes. Like they were like in a scene and like, I would like cast the characters and like, and I guess some kids play this way too, but I guess not a lot of boys my age that I encountered in the playground were playing this mm -hmm. way. So um, I was kind of playing with the, the, my toys as like characters. And then, you know, everything, I guess, since then is kind of an extension of that, right? You just kind of uh, then become those characters that you love so much or that you uh, love to explore different parts of yourself in characters. And I think for all of us who are performers, there's something to that. Certainly, if you ever have acted, and I think that's, that's I think I approach drag from it, I guess, an actor's perspective and a storyteller's perspective. Mm -hmm. And so it all kind of ties together. And then the rest of it is all kind of fun, like the kind of fun of the you know, the actual drag is really fun, like learning how to get better at makeup or, you know, trying to pick up dance again, you know, trying to get my voice back in shape. Like those, those are kind of those technical pieces that just kind of like add to your toolbox of, of sorts, but it all just kind of blends together. And for me, it all comes from the place of wanting to tell stories and wanting to make people smile. I think as a kid, I was always whenever I was around someone would want to like make them smile to make them want to hang out with me because I was kind of a lonely kid. So I kind of learned at a young age, like how to do that. Uh, and I guess everything has been an extension of that ever since. Amazing. The storytelling. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess, cause isn't that what we all want to do, right? We want to like, like somehow as artists distill the human experience into something that you can share with someone else or a part of it that you can share with someone else. And I think, that's that's like the goal, right? TBD on the success, but that's always the goal mm -hmm. is to like make something that someone can find themselves in or maybe find a part of themselves they didn't know was there uh, is always something fun that all artists, no matter what your medium is, I think attempt to do. And I decided to do it with a wig <laughs> and some makeup. <laughs> Well, but that's what I love about it is because like, yes, drag is an extreme uh, version of, uh, of a heightened reality of a human experience. It's an exaggeration mm -hmm. of a human experience, but like you do it with such, with such groundedness in, because it comes from storytelling, because you are an actor first, because you, you, you have, you, you lead with that. You lead with that. I want to tell a story and make people feel something through storytelling. And even if that is just happy or a laugh or a good joke or a great lip sync or a funny parody, like whatever it is there, it, the underlying thing is so much more than just, I'm just bopping around in a, in a wig. And you know what, for, for those who do, you know, who drag is just kind of an escape for, I think a lot of people, yeah. uh, 
I think that's great. Live your best life. Like for some people, drag is the same as, you know, uh, getting a new haircut. You know, it's a way to like feel cute, <laughs> live your best life and have a little bit of confidence. And for those who just love drag because it brings them confidence, I say do it. Like there's no rules. You know, I don't think we don't have to be so precious about things. But I also love that I think now people are finally accepting that drag can be art. And I think our people are actually considering it an art form so that it can mm -hmm. have that. But just like people paint, you know, paint by numbers, you know, just because it brings them joy. I don't know if they think of that as like art, but they're like, this brings me joy or coloring books, right? It's like, you can kind of find an artist's tools and use them however you want. Like drag is for everyone. I make no, uh, no rules around anyone else's drag. Right. And so, you know, but to Blake's point, yeah, that's probably not my kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't do drag because I feel I don't do drag because of the way I necessarily feel, but it's because of the power I have and how I make other people mm. feel when I do right. drag. Your creative expression, right? Again, it's, and but I uh -huh. love that you said that there's no uh, rules to it, right? And I think that's the true art form. That's the true form of an artist too, is that they have no rules. There's no boundaries. They're just expressing themselves. And I love that you have no value on what any, anybody else does, right? Live your best life. Yeah, none of us should but really, you know, it's hard. But that's such generosity. Yeah. And so, so many times we have judgment and I think that's such a beautiful mm -hmm. way to exist and to allow others to express themselves. It's actually the thing that I miss the most about this past year of not being around other people in real life or like sharing a scene with someone else is that kind of give and take, mm -hmm. you know, Blake and I have done so many shows together mm -hmm. and he's such a great scene partner because I can throw stuff at him. He can throw stuff back at me. Miss that so much. <laughs> so do I. Not to be Debbie Downer, <laughs> but it's it's one of those no, things we, where we it's all like, do. you know, performing to a camera alone is, is hard, but you know, we're learning. We're yeah. learning. Yeah. We are all television studios now in our own homes. <laughs> like it's camera true. I mean, it's shocking. <laughs> Uh, you guys, well, here's the thing. I mean, you, this now this is going to be so, you know, a lot of things didn't happen for me this year. But one thing did happen for me, which is that I make at least enough money that now I actually have a tiny little space where I can actually go do all this stuff. You guys are actually with me in my apartment where I have a backup ring light, a backup microphone <laughs> so I can do things like podcasts or what have you. But I have like a separate space for all my drag because it was I was it was going I was like putting up a green screen against this brick wall and hoping I didn't knock over a vase. Like, oh my gosh, it was, it was nuts. Right. It was nuts. <laughs> so now you have your own. So Jackie now, Jackie now has her own cave of wonders. Like we've always she, joked about. She really does. And good for her. <laughs> good, for her. good for her. She needs it. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those weird people. I, I talk about Jackie in the third person and also in the first person. I guess I'm like Bob Dole. In that <laughs> <way>. <laughs> It's a nineties joke if anyone remembers. It is I mean I I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh well I wanna talk a little bit about because I, I think a lot of people don't know mm. a little bit about of the 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 journey of of finding the various facets of performance and I and how it led to drag. And because yeah. I know this, but I but I know that our listeners would you know, we talk 
we talk a lot about on this podcast about the imposter syndrome and a lot about like what a linear career in art looks like. P.S. It's never linear. Right. But and I and I have always as a friend and also as a fellow performer, like I've always been so inspired by your willingness to not only work so hard, but like put your nose to the grindstone and then also be so freely creative mm -hmm. at the same time. And so I want you to tell, tell our listeners a little bit about the journey from like corporate yeah. to always performing at the same time and always making time for your art, going back to corporate and now being a full-time artist. Yeah, you know, it's curious, even just you saying all that and I'm trying to unpack it all in my mind. I think a lot <laughs> of it comes to like, you know, I we all have a form of imposter syndrome. I think a big one, a version of it for me, and I don't know if it's the typical way of you don't think you're worthy of this, but I always thought I, you know, and a lot of it was instilled in me from my mom of like, you know, do your art, whatever you want, but like, like, you know, always have a security net, always have a backup, always like develop another skill, always, you know, just, I always had that voice in the back of my mind. And it was, that it wasn't like, I guess part of me thought I wouldn't be good enough. And so I would have to have this. And part of me was just like, well, like how far can I push both? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, how far can I play on both sides? You know, how far can I compartmentalize this idea of making money and security uh, versus how much I can compartmentalize this part of me that just wants to have fun and create and, you know, do stuff that brings me joy, you know, and how can you separate those things? And when, you know, when or if can I get lucky enough to bring them together? Uh, and it took a long time because it's really just, you know, this is my first year. Blake knew in college, you know, before we ever really even did anything. I was the kid who was always at work. I always had yeah. a job. I always, uh, I worked always, two jobs most always. of college. Like I worked, I had this, you know, drilled into me for this idea of like, you need to have your own money. You need to like have that safety and security. So I worked all the way through college. You know, I mostly, you know, my dad helped with my tuition and my, uh, you know, dorm room. But then like, other than that, like anything I wanted to buy, like food, clothes, anything was all me. So I was like, well, I have to do this myself. So I always worked, you know, and then the Jackie Cox story is kind of within that time period of when she became, it is. you know, it is. because I think in college, you know, Blake and I, I think had similar experiences in that our college was undergoing a lot of drama and change that had nothing to do with us. A lot of, there was a big power struggle at the time. Uh, and some faculty that we had, you know, actually gone to this school to work with was, you know, kind of specifically for, yeah, yeah. we're basically pushed out. Uh, and so Blake and I, I think we both kind of arrived to this decision kind of separately, but also together of like, why are we like wasting mm -hmm. our time doing stuff that other people want us to do that we don't want to do at all. So then we just kind of started <laughs> doing our own things. And some of them were just like yeah. for fun, like, and Jackie Cox was this voice that Blake created and like an album and she was this like musical theater diva uh and she was kind of based on a real person but then she kind of became her own thing her own she totally thing, yeah. became she her very, own thing very quickly blossomed into her own thing and so blake kind of created this character and it was so funny and i, I, I you know me like i i think all you know if you have any sort of background in improv you kind of pair, pair it off of each other and so then i would start talking right. as jackie cox and she kind of talked like this it was kind of this like funny like voice like she and so then, you know, flash forward to like five years later, I'm like hustling now in New York City and I'm, you know, still working a million jobs. And I, mm -hmm. at that point, had like given up on the legit dream of theater. You know, Blake and I had done some like really cool, like legit musicals and plays back in LA. Then I moved to New York, like seeing like, what happens here? 
and I got here and I was like, oh, this isn't for me because this it felt like another box, mm. you know, just kind of like that feeling I was yeah. just talking about, like it at school when I felt like the teachers that I'd con gone to school for were gone. And now there were new teachers who were trying to teach us things that I didn't really have interest in. And probably in hindsight, I could have right. learned from them anyway, but I was just so disillusioned. I kind of became disillusioned with the theater scene in New York. And I was like, this is, you know, they want people to fit into these boxes of, you know, casting for specific roles in musicals. And this was, you know, 2009. Mm -hmm. And I think even in the last 12 years or so, Broadway has opened up and changed. And, you know, the theater for scene sure. has, I think, started to become more... Uh, oh, it's getting diverse. Better. Totally More different. Diverse. Totally diverse. Yeah. And, and but yeah, but when but when we got out of college, like it was that it was yeah. that very cookie cutter. Cookie it was cutter. Very cookie late cutter. end yeah. of the yeah. aughts beginning. Yeah, where it was like, and if you were a a young man, if you were a twenty something man, you better be six five with a six pack and pecks out to here. Like if you want to be on Broadway, yeah. like it was just like very everybody specific. looked like like a yeah. Ken doll, you know, right. like. There was no room for anyone else. And it was really weird. It was really weird. It was weird. And I think part of that was kind of a side effect of the Disneyfication of Broadway is I think while there's some great shows that Disney put out, I think this idea of like, oh, wait, Broadway can be this huge moneymaker. Okay, well, let's not take any risks. I think there was this period where Broadway kind of stopped taking risks. Yep. Hopefully that period's coming to an end, although we'll see what happens when things reopen, but I'm hopeful. <laughs> when it opens again. <laughs> well, I, think, I think the culture has I changed so much too in terms of what we want from art, you know, and... So much. But at the time, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I I went to like, you know, you wake up at 5 a.m. to go to an open call to get seen Standing as a replacement. Standing outside, and waiting, like, and you're like, please. They're like, oh, you're you're two inches shorter than the yeah. guy you're replacing. So you don't fit the costume. Like, you got to go home. You don't yeah, fit we the costume. Make, we, yeah, we don't we don't want to make a new costume. <laughs> uh, and so I I kind of kind of uh, kind of fell into drag because it 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 removes all of that box because you as the drag artist get to create the box. You know, it's, it's you decide what you wear, you decide what you're going to perform, you decide how you look, you kind of get to be your own producer of the content. Uh, and so that was really appealing to me. And it was also fun because I loved kind of exploring my feminine energy through drag. And this, you know, Jackie Cox is very much a creation, but she comes from a real place, you know, and she's even helped me understand a little bit more about my thoughts and feelings around gender, you know, and certainly in the last five years, as that conversation has gotten bigger, I've started, you know, it, it gives me an access point. Mm. You know, I think drag is something very different in terms of its its performance and gender identity is something separate. But, you know, you can explore your own relationship with your own gender identity through drag if you choose or not. You know, I think it, there's so there's there's so few rules, but I know for me, it allowed me to kind of think and explore, you know, what parts of myself I could be okay with, you know, I think Blake and I also come from a time period where still, you know, in West Hollywood in 2004, if you weren't wearing this Abercrombie shirt and you didn't, you know, have this tan or, you know, and maybe there's parts of that that still exist, of course, but I think there was this kind of heteronormativeness put into gay culture. Absolutely. That I think just by doing drag, I got to find a way to escape mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know find a way to be like well i sometimes like wearing you know more feminine clothing or masculine clothing or whatever like who 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 cares as long as it makes me feel like fabulous uh you get to design so your, own, like, your own journey it's yeah. your own way of ex again exploration of who you are through creativity totally, your own totally voice. yeah 
totally. And I don't think and anybody of course, would ever have thought that the psychology behind that, that, that it's yeah. you exploring yourself or your own vision or who you are or creativity, yeah. you know, because it, I mean, I'm just going to say it from a very simple point of view, you know, drag can seem like dressing up, just a dressing up, like I'm going to dress up or mm -hmm. creating a costume or a character instead of this uh, artistic expression, right? Like you, yeah. you take it to this extreme and it can be something as simple. Someone can do it just as a character or uh, sure. something fun. But I mean, how amazing to have this box to play in, right? Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's it's a box of your own making. And that's the big difference. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why no matter what your field is in the arts, you need to find a way to make the sandbox your own. And I think that's something that oh. it took me, you know, I'm, I'm almost 36, but it took me this long to realize I, if I keep trying to play in other people's sandboxes, I'm going to be disappointed. But when I make my own sandbox, people will want to just come play in my sandbox. People will say, I just love what you're doing. Why don't you just do that at, at, on my stage? You know, why don't you just do that on my TV show? You know, so I think that's that's something that it took me a long time to learn. But at least I gave myself the space and the time and I never kind of gave up. Even though I, I worked like, you know, I worked a corporate job up until the <laughs> two days before I left to go film RuPaul's Drag Race. I was again. still Good. in a corporate say, just job. Just say that one more time so our listeners can hear that. I worked a full time nine to five corporate job up until two days. So I quit on a Friday. And the Monday I flew to LA to film RuPaul's Drag Race. First of all, that is <laughs> unbelievable. True, true story. But I have to ask you a question. I was getting photo updates. Yeah. I have a question. My apartment was a complete disaster. Do you think that your success and your commitment to your art has a lot to do with your work ethic? Because I know a lot of talented people who their work ethic and their consistency you know, they're super talented, but damn, they can't string it together to create anything. It doesn't mean they're not talented, but do you think that your work ethic that gave you maybe a leg up? You know what gave me a leg up? It was that I realized making money, it's not great for anyone. <laughs> making money <laughs> in the arts, you're doing jobs you don't like. You're doing, you know, uh, you know, very early in drag, I realized, oh, I could make money doing this, but to, you have to kind of like do a lot of stuff that you don't love. You know, you have to be the girl at the, you know, in drag at the front of the gay bar with the iPad, getting people's emails. Like that's a job for a drag queen. You'd have to be uh, a shock girl. You'd have to be uh, a go-go dancer in drag. You know, all these, look, legitimate jobs. I don't think anyone who does those jobs loves them. <laughs> I don't right. think anyone who who struggles to make money loves it, you know? And so I realized like, well, is there a way to separate these two things? If I just, if money is money and I, you know, we need money to survive and do the things that we love and I can find a way to make money that works in my, works in my life and whatever that is for you, I support you and want you to do that. And then that freed up my heart and mind to then let my art be my art. And then eventually, right, I was finding ways to bring the two things together. You know, how can I make money from this art? How can I, uh, you know, commercialize it a bit? And, but, but I kind of just, I didn't rush it. I didn't push it. I hear from a lot of people, especially young people who like, I need to get a paying job, a paying performing job, because that's what I'm here to do. It's a job. And sure, it's definitely a job. And I respect you for wanting to make money doing it. But remember, you're also an artist and art 
isn't necessarily financially beneficial at all times in all ways and it ebbs and flows and it's going to change over time you know i'm lucky right now that i am making money doing my art but for most of my career i didn't uh and i think that's okay i i always feel like i want to you know hold people and say like if you're not making money doing the thing you love that's okay and everyone says that you have to make money doing the thing you love but i don't know if that's true listen i think mm -hmm. i think what you said is so imperative for people to hear <laughs> because yes we would all love to make money with our art and and may you please that would be wonderful but if you put the money aspect on your art you could strangle your art form you could strangle your creativity yeah. and if you set a money bar on your art you may also think you're never successful you may say i'm right. all of a sudden and here you might be a tremendous success creatively but you put a right. money, you put a money component on it, which takes away all the success that you have. So I think what you did was brilliant and freed yourself up to now start whatever journey is next, right? Because you because you can separate it. Because you can And even and even now, you know, I, I think to myself, you know, because people, you know, people come at me left and right with things and some of the things I'm like, okay, well, this is something I'm just gonna do for a check. And that's completely fine. And I know that's what it fine. is, but I've also had to, it took me a while to kind of separate the worth, right. Of what I'm doing. Like some of the things I'm most excited about that I've done have maybe gotten the fewest likes or the fewest kind of uh, engagement in the social media. And that's okay. Like your art is for yourself. And sometimes it hits certain demographics. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it's, uh, it's not until it's repackaged in a different way. I mean, Blake knows this. I've taken songs that I've done in different shows and moved them into a different show. And I can, you know, all of a sudden it's something totally new or it's something, yeah. you know, it, it didn't work in that last show, but in this show, it's actually, this is it. This makes more sense now, you know? And I think that that's something you have to like give yourself that freedom to just make stuff and see what happens and then judge the, judge it on how it makes you and others feel, you know, especially those people that like, you, you know, actually know. And that's, that's, that's probably the biggest difference in my life. You know, people ask like, how much has your life changed? The biggest way my life has changed is that I now interact with people that I don't know at all, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's right. in a very limited way, but you know, Blake had this for most of his life, but you know, suddenly you're, you know, previously, most of the people who'd come to my shows knew me or knew of me through someone that actually knew me. Uh, and now it's uh, people I have no idea who they are. And some of them have amazing stories and they connect to me. And that's really cool. But to remember not to put too much uh, emphasis of self-worth on that, because that's not real. You know, those aren't the real people who right. know you inside and out, who know what you're trying to do, who know your heart. Um, and so, you know, if if any of us are ever lucky enough to get on a crazy platform where all of a sudden there's just people who you don't know kind of coming at you to remember that hold on to those people who who you do know <laughs> who will right. be able to tell you kind of how it's going <laughs> yeah well and i want to talk a little bit about that too because one of my big proud pop-up moments of jackie in all of this is how happy jackie makes people right like it just it makes my heart so full to see it because we knew it we knew it when we were doing the shows off broadway yeah. before the television show before all the you know before the platform change right we knew how happy it was making that she was making people but now to see it you know you just being able to empower through your art you know 
queer kids, mm. queer Middle Eastern kids, yeah. que you know, uh, straight girls, straight guys, like everybody in between, like, there's just it, there's just a joy underneath it because of because of who you are. And because you are generous of spirit enough to bring who you are to her to the character. And it just me watching it touch people in that way. Like I used to have to, and this is, you know, nobody's heard this before, but like every, while the show, while season 12 of Drag Race was airing, I used to have to watch it by myself on the computer because I knew I was going to cry like seven times during, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'd finish an episode and then I'd go and I'd have a good cry. And it, because I was so proud and excited and there were so many emotions about it and like i've never really shared that with anyone before but <laughs> but like but it makes my heart so happy to see how you have taken this beautiful thing and 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 it's touching people it's really actually touching people oh thank you i mean i well I, I, you could always text me if you're crying i'm always here but i mean <laughs> i know, I, 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 know. Uh, I mean it was emotional for me too i was more just stressed watching it because it's like you know you remember what happened there, but you don't know what's going to be when you watch it. You know, it's, it's a stressful thing to watch yourself on TV. Terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's weird because I don't want to discount the people who found me through Drag Race. I don't want to discount them as anything. They're amazing, amazing mm -hmm. people. And some of them have started creating art kind of inspired by me, which then even inspires me even more, which is so cool. But it's more just that idea of like holding on to like the memory of like, oh, when you would make 100 people smile in a small theater, like, right. what's that feeling, you know, because that's the real feeling that we all, at least I, I think with my art, I'm trying to, you know, hold on to or capture or recapture or bring back in my life. I always you know, say it's that, just that feeling of just a few people. It's the reflection. It's when's the, when is the moment that you had the reflection? It can be when you started your business, when you changed the course, when a character was created, when you, right. When was that reflection that happened? You know, when you were like, yeah. ah, the aha moment or the person, the catalyst. And that's what the two of you are talking about, right? It's the, the reflection, the catalytic moment that you're like, ah, and, and it's not that you're not happy with the success. It's not that you're not happy with the new people that you met, but it's the thing that started it, that started the flame. That, that, yeah. That's what you are not wanting to let go of. And I think right. so many performers think, I can't wait to get over there. I can't wait to get the big thing. And you're like, yes, I agree mm -hmm. with you, but don't forget the moment it started. Don't ever yeah. forget or who reflected it to you when you started it that's what's so yeah. important and you just both described that beautifully yeah that's a, i mean it's it's yeah it's you know a big part of, blake has been a big part of that for me you know blake helped really put my first solo sh cabaret show together i couldn't have done it without him and i think you know like having you there by my side just kind of gave me so much courage and strength you know and knowing that we were able to do that with four days of rehearsal <laughs> and many emails and messages back and forth prior but just like you know uh, from across the across the country to put something together that you know i didn't know if it was gonna make any money i didn't know if it was gonna turn into anything and i would say that show probably single-handedly and it's you know iterations thereof well i know it got me on drag race because a casting director came <laughs> to see it in la <laughs> There you go. But in, in, and but in tying this all together and going back to like that feeling and like knowing how like I just remember the electricity in that room the first night we did the very first 
I Dream of Jackie show and like that that just illumination moment where we had been and again to go back to your the work ethic thing yeah. Allison that you were talking about Darius was, would would get up I was still asleep on his sofa he would get up go to work work the corporate job I would wake up go run errands getting poster board and fabrics and things on his lunch break he would sometimes meet me at the bead store we'd like find trim <laughs> Yeah. I'd be like, okay, great. These are the choices. Then I'd go back, get the glue gun out. Mm -hmm. When he got home from work, <laughs> we, I'd be like, okay, do you like this? Do you like that? What works? What doesn't? And then our third would come over and, and we'd do have a rehearsal. And we, we would push the couch so, back. It, it was in this very room that I'm in right now. Push the yeah. furniture back, uh, put up the one bigger mirror I had up on the wall and put a show together. Why not? That's And that's the feeling that I want, you know, to always have with me of that like you know what you can make this yourself you know even if you don't have that that job or that one gig that you really wanted or something falls through like you can make magic out of nothing you know you Absolutely. can make magic out of you know beads and some glue a glue gun you can make magic out of nothing i mean that is the truth okay i, I now this is i mean this is all so inspiring and this anybody that's sitting at home thinking i can't do anything we've now just turned that completely on its on its ear with the success that you've had you know of being on a national platform now right can talk to me about going from you know everyone about uh, social media platforms everything like kind of changing for you like I know you said now I talk to people I didn't know <laughs> I, you know I'm collaborating <laughs> with people I don't know or I'm talking to people I don't right. know or but but what what is some positives? I mean, cause you know, this is such a big thing, especially for creatives, my, my social media numbers and I have to change this. And you know, it, it does deter people that are creatives. It, they, they get really bogged down by this. And now you have this platform also, how do you feel about it? And how did it change you? I mean, mixed feelings, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, you know, first time I beyond, you know, once you're, I guess, box office sales or ratings, mm -hmm. right? For the first time, you can like literally in real time quantify whether something is a quote success mm -hmm. or quote failure right in front of you. It's weird. <laughs> it, the, the weird, the weirdest part of this year it hasn't really. The weirdest part of this year is that I have had to kind of change my brain around to finding the bits of joy that are still in that. There are still real people behind those comments mm -hmm. and those likes and those things. Mm -hmm. And that's right. a double-edged sword because, you know, there's so much positive stuff on the internet yep. and there's a lot of negative stuff. Um, a lot of negative feedback that I get on stuff uh, every day, you know, and anyone who puts themselves out there on social media is subject to it. And, you know, we... Each platform is kind of different. You know, some some of them are just full of people who are very confident behind their keyboard and their no picture avatar. <laughs> and I think what what I think I've hopefully when I've encountered, I guess, trolls for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, it's always funny to me how they don't think of me or the people that they are commenting negative things on as people. We're just these kind of like things. Things, mm -hmm. you know, we're we're dolls they can play with. We are um, you know pieces of art ourselves that they can critique you know i always try in all my interactions to at least bring it back to something human you know and obviously avoid people who are just being uh, haters but it does get to me and i read something that really helped me and for anyone who deals with social media hate or backlash or you know it's that psychology of there can be like a hundred amazing comments on something and then one person writes something that's really hateful or 
negative and then your brain gets kind of stuck on that. Your brain gets kind of stuck Mm -hmm. on that one negative thing and you start to internalize that and think that that one negative thing about you is true, even though a hundred other people said really amazing things. It's like the opposite of Lady Gaga, right? There could be a hundred people in the room. Uh, and the one person who says a bad thing about you is where you focus. Um, and I read something that helped me, which is that in in the days of old, our our senses um, developed in a way where we would, our brains would turn on and focus on anything they perceived as a threat. You know, if you're in a, the woods and you hear a twig snap, your mind races to that to, to find out where what, what happened. Is there a bear coming behind me to eat me and kill me? Uh, of course, now we don't live in those kind of environments. And so our woods are social media. And, mm-hmm. you know, our, our brains focus in on these negative things because we perceive them as real threats. Mm-hmm. And I think what's we all have to do the work of separating that and realizing that that person has something going on with them that has nothing to do with you. Yes. And it's such a hard thing to remember every time, but you have to be like, you know what? That person has, I don't know why they think this. And frankly, I don't care. <laughs> you know it's like right. it's it's like what i'm doing isn't hurting anyone and if i have hurt anyone in the past and someone brings a critique of that nature to me i will of course do what i can to correct that and i think that's different than someone just being like i don't like the way you look you know well i wasn't hurting you by the way i look so go to hell so, <laughs> you know like yeah. like leave me alone like you know and this has nothing to do with me this is just on you but it's hard to like retrain your brain when you realize just like that part of your lizard brain that's just is there a threat? It's coming. It's coming for me, you know? And of course, the bigger the the echo chamber of that all is, right? And that's kind of the thing that's changed for me the most is now it's this huge echo chamber of people kind of inputting at me all the time. The more that you think those things are real or more important than they were before, but they're not. I think that's super helpful to hear that you experience that though, because people could see what you what you have going on and not hear that other side of it. So how do you deal with it? I, I hear what you're saying, but do you have, I know you have Blake, but do you have like people you turn to? Do you have something you yeah. do? Like what, what is the advice you give? Like, how do you deal with those moments? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, they say, don't read the comments. They say, don't read them at all. And that's because it's hard, but that's impossible. It's, it's impossible. And especially because you want to, reward those people who are putting themselves out there who are saying this inspired me so much and you want you want them to feel like that makes me feel amazing you know so you so you know to talk back about what's changed the most this year it's that sadly this is the only positive reinforcement i get as opposed to you know you go out and you hear people applauding for you and those are real life people i'm seeing yeah. out there you know i don't see that anymore it's Everything's our only on feedback right now it's our only feedback it's our only unfor- feedback unfortunately yeah 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 I, and i guess you know, there's times it makes me upset and I, and I do my best to kind of step away and realize what's really going on. And then, you know, I talk to my partner who's amazing and is, you know, so great at, you know, helping me kind of manage in my own mind what these things are. And sometimes he tells me, you know what, this person actually just really needs to be shut down and you should go shut them down because you are smart and you can, you, you know, the thing to say to make this part of the conversation end because people will come for you in a way that could be damaging. You know, mm-hmm. people can level allegations against you or kind of bring up innuendos of things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, depending on who they are, it could have a negative impact on your career, or at least you think it could. And so kind of taking right. the time to parse out if there is a real threat and not being afraid to respectfully shut things down. You know, I do my best. Uh, and I have, I think, in the past to never resort to 
stooping to anyone else's level, but if I really feel like something needs to be addressed, I will address it. And I don't think of myself as a confrontational person. I think of myself as someone who uh, can actually let go of a lot of anger pretty easily. I don't hold grudges. I never have. Uh, I'm someone, though, that if I am holding on to anger, that there's a reason and I need to do something about that. And that usually is to do what I can to make it right. So, yeah, uh, for all the keyboard warriors out there, like, be careful because it is a slippery slope. And I'm sure there'll be times that I will make mistakes in this weird, wacky world going forward. But, you know, we all do. We all do. Right. I mean, we've and talked so about that. So we've talked about that so much. You, I mean, like, I've yeah. literally aired all my dirty laundry on that subject on this podcast. Yeah. Like, here's the times that I messed up big time and yeah. we all do it. Like we, we're all, we're not perfect. Yeah. So all you can do is kind of own it. But I love talking about it because this is like, you know, people don't know what to do in this situation and it's all great when it's great, but cyberbullying, trolls, whatever you want, you know, cyber stalking, none of it's okay. But I love hearing you say, I'll ignore it. I'll talk to my partner. I'll, I'll talk it out. I'll self-talk myself or I'll take an action. And that's what I want to make sure that our listeners know, like all, all those answers are legitimate. All those answers yeah. are legitimate in taking care of yourself. And I, I also don't want anyone listening to this to feel like I'm judging them if they have really emotional, strong reactions to these things, because I certainly have as well. All I can say is, you know, I've done my best to rationalize it because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how my mind works is, is to kind of, of course, to pick apart the pieces that I can kind of be like, well, I think I'm just focusing on this because of, you know, Please. some perceived threat that's not real. Our producer, Melissa, will tell you about my emotional reactions to things. They are less than, you know, uh, subdued. Uh, so please, we know. <laughs> We're emotional creatures. And especially, you know, that's, that's the one thing I think people need to remember about artists is we have to stay connected to our emotions or our art won't be an expression of ourselves. And so, you know, when people say, oh, artists are so emotional, they're, they're just as emotional as everyone else. They just, I think a good artist can access those emotions or at least can quickly quickly channel them into an expression mm -hmm. uh, for better or worse, you know? Uh, and I think that as, as adults, we, we learn, uh, we learn about ourselves, but I, I'm certainly not afraid of emotion. I just know that it's always there. And I think, you know, for someone like Blake, who saw me in a very different way on reality TV, you know, Blake probably knows me as such an even level headed person, but there's always a lot of emotion bubbling under the surface. And, you know, when you're under the pressure of reality TV, it, it will crack very quickly. Uh, so I was probably a lot more emotional there than most people have ever seen me. But all those emotions are real and they're always under, they're always here. Usually I just have 12 hours of sleep and my coffee and I've had a <laughs> lovely day and I don't let them like out as quickly, but we all have those moments. We all have those moments. Of course we do. You know, you're human. Yeah, it's okay to be human. It's okay to forgive yourself. It's okay to ask forgiveness. It's okay to apologize for things. And it's okay when people don't give you that forgiveness, as long as you're happy mm -hmm. with your action. You know, yeah. I made a mistake. I did what I could to rectify it. If the other person doesn't accept my apology, that's, that's, that's nothing okay. to do with me. I can do what I can, can. I can listen to them. If there's something else that they are asking of me to do that I can do, I will do. And if I can't, right. You know, I move on. And that's how we move on, you know, in life, I think is the only way we can. But as artists, it's, it's a, it gives us that freedom to make mistakes and then do what we can as responsibly as we can and be okay with what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
Um, switching gears a little bit Ooh. and then moving forward, because I want to talk a little bit briefly about the excitement of, you know, we've we've all been in this crazy year and and it, it couldn't have happened at a at a stranger time for you in this platform and going, okay, great, the magic, you know, the, the quote unquote magic moment happened and then you're stuck in your house for a year. Yeah. But talk to me about what you're most excited about as we sort of start to, you know, we've talked a lot about like, we're, we're all feeling like senioritis with COVID. Yeah. We had a whole episode about COVIDitis because um, we're all like, <laughs> we're all like really in that, those those final laps. Um, what are you most excited about in for for the future and for bringing Jackie to to the world? <laughs> yeah, I mean that first of all, I mean just just actually going and meeting these people who have just been screen names, going out and seeing people, going and uh, hugging people, um, you know, when that's allowed, going and singing in someone's face, you know, all of those things that we really can't do right now um, are all yeah. things that I'm looking forward to. Just this idea too that. We've all had such an interesting year, you know, wherever you are in the political spectrum, I think it's been an interesting year for you. Uh, and wherever you are uh, in your own career wise, this, I think there's no one whose career has not been affected by COVID, you know, artist or not um, in some way or their life in, in a profound way. And my hope is we, we can take these lessons and kind of go out into the world a little bit more, I won't say kinder and gentler and whatever, but at least realizing more how precious it is, how precious mm -hmm. these moments we've had are, these these in-person things that we took for granted our entire lives, <laughs> how precious yes. those moments are, you know, it's 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 baffling that that, you know, I haven't seen Blake in a year, you know, that's crazy yeah. to me. I would yeah. see Blake at least once every two months or something, either here or in LA. You know, so how precious that will be when we can finally see each other again, when we can finally hug each other again. And then, you know, I'm just excited. Uh, I'm excited. I, it's going to be a different world, uh, no matter what. And I and mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what it's going to be. I'm hopeful it's going to be better, and I'm prepared to hold on to the joy I have and the excitement I have for it in case it isn't better. <laughs> Yeah. Amen yeah. to that. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for your joy. I'm excited for you spreading your joy to all of us, for sure. Why not? I mean, look, this has been such a terrible year. And, and if, <laughs> if, if, if me wearing a fun outfit and singing a song is going to make you smile, I'm going to be there and I'm going to do that. I'm for it. Why not? Well, it always makes me smile. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's really it. It's just that, that that freedom we'll have again and then the one thing i also am looking forward to and this is sounds weird is just this i'm looking forward to a future where this year on the flip side has given all of us tools has given all of us tools and abilities we didn't think we had we didn't know we had we didn't think we could do and i'm excited as we go forth in the new world to have more tools in our toolbox more things that we know Oh, I have to do something with someone on the other side of the country. I can do that. Easy. I can do yeah. that. Yep. I can do all of those things. I, I know how. So it's, you know, it'll be so wonderful when the, the, the limits are limitless. But then now we have these new things that are like, oh, wow, I, I know how to do that. I can light myself. <laughs> yes. Here we are. Yeah. I can plug in a microphone. <laughs> we, we are now limitless. That's what we discovered. We are limitless. <laughs> I love it. Indeed. <laughs> I love it.
All right. Well, before we let you go, tell all of the people where they can find you. This is this is your this is your hawk your wares Ooh. section. What are you What are you promoting? What are you selling? Uh -huh, what are you? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, I'm wearing a couple of my wares. I'm wearing my uh, all over print T-shirt featuring. Um, I love it. Uh, these are actually different looks I wore on Drag Race, and these are my glasses I sell. Um, oh yeah, and you Hold can on. find everything at JackieCoxNYC.com. Oh, <gasps> the glasses are great. Oh, Blake has the. Are, are those the Swoon Maroon or Wine O'Clock? Wine O'Clock. These are Wine O'Clock, of course, because it's me. <laughs> wine O'Clock. No, listen, I might be going on a. These game. are my Wine O'Clock. No, I might be going on a game show where we're all about drinking. I need the wine o'clocks to go on the game you show. You need to get the wine o'clocks. <laughs> you need the wine, you need the wine o'clocks. And uh, there, I love these. Literally all of my I stuff. I put them on for look meetings. Me. I put them on for- I'm like- <laughs> Well, I like them too, cause I, you know, I get bags in my eyes and they kind of just sit right where those bags are. So they can hide it. And also if I haven't done my eyebrows, they hide those too. Um, so I, I love these glasses and uh, everything's Jackie Cox NYC. So this is, you can get all the merch at JackieCoxNYC.com. Uh, follow me on all social media at Jackie Cox NYC, uh, uh, Venmo, Jackie Cox NYC, whatever you want. Um, and then the only other things I have that are coming up that I can tell you guys are, uh, I'll be doing another, a different podcast of my own starting uh, soon called <gasps> It Do Take Nerd, uh, a nerdy exploration of queer drag, stuff that will be uh through world of wonder podcast so that'll be coming as well amazing oh i didn't even know yeah. that that's so exciting yeah so that's coming uh i think that's all i can say other than uh tours will eventually happen yes, <laughs> yes. and we'll we will all stay tuned yeah stay tuned uh and when those yes. are they will be in my social media so if you want to see me live Perfect. at a city near you maybe you're listening to this in 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 2022 um I, I will still be posting it on my social media so don't worry perfect <laughs> well we thank you so much i mean obviously i love you more than life and thank you for doing this and for having this conversation with us and i know our listeners are going to get such a such a wonderful insight and empowerment and inspiration from everything that you've shared so oh my you. gosh thank you guys for thank having you. me this was so lovely and allison you have such insightful questions i love it oh wow you're coming back she does. she does whenever you want me i'm happy to come back thanks so much for having me you guys absolutely oh my god i mean well no here's the thing first of all so inspiring like like gives yes. you back your passion to want to create art or 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 make money like i want to make money now but i want to create art i don't need to put them together like he really i mean just beautiful but so thoughtful and generous and kind not that i didn't think he Always. was but just so generous a spirit darius was the second person i met on day 1 at ucla Ugh. And he came up to me and he was like, we're going to be Blessing. friends. Blessing. <laughs> Period. Like there was no, there was no, do you want to hang out? You want to like, want to go over this reading thing or like, nope, nope. We're going to be friends. And Great. literally ever since. And what I do want to talk a little bit about since he got into it, like what's so interesting about his take on social media and dealing with all of the negativity and dealing with the balance of that because as we yeah. know you know drag race fans can be oh, the most I can't imagine. vile i can't imagine on the internet but what our listeners probably don't know is that darius was right by my side 
when the very first horrible social media attacks against me started in, in the birth of Facebook. And Darius yeah. was by my side when that live journal was published where I found 11 pages of death threats and all the ways that people wanted to murder me and dismember my body. And he was right there walking me through all of that. So when I hear him give that advice, I'm like, yeah, that's lived advice. He was, he gave me that advice when we were at the birth of social media. And I very first had to deal with that in a very real so he way. He gave it to you from his heart because that wasn't from experience. From his heart. Right. That's not yeah. from experience. Yeah. That was just. He's a beautiful soul. That, He's yeah. a beautiful so, soul. He's a beautiful soul. So it's, it, you know, I was like, oh God, don't make me cry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it really is, the, all of those things go really deep and that the authenticity that you hear, if you're listening and see, if you're watching, I, it's, it's beyond yeah. real. It's, it's so, so authentic and so real. And also the funny, just hilariousness of it. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, we've done shows in basements. We've yeah, done, you know, I, get it. I mean, it's the journey, but I, I, I mean, I hope, I hope our listeners who are just experiencing him for the first time, follow him now and, 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 yes. and, and check him out because he, he is inspiring and fun and, and talented. Yeah. So talented, so unbelievably talented and so unbelievably generous as an artist. And, and that trickles through all of it. You know, like we were talking about, like Jackie makes people happy. Well, that's because Darius is generous. Yes, that's 1000%. You know, he will walk into a room and make people comfortable. I don't have that gift. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I hear it. I hear it. It's, 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 you know? it's innate. And we used to say that to each other right before we'd go do an I Dream of Jackie show of like, we're here to have fun and make people have a great time. We've gonna, we're gonna have each other's backs and whatever happens on stage, we're gonna do it to the best of our ability. And off we go. I love it. I love it. I love you know, him. And, that that's, and, and he, he brings that into everything he does. It's really, it's really amazing. Yeah. Let's have him back. I know we say that about every guest, yeah. but I really, let's, I really mean that. I really mean that. I mean, I mean that whenever I say that, but I really want to, I really want to hear more. Right. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. Oh, all right. It's time for your new favorite segment and ours. She gets, she it. gets it. Now, Blake and I texted earlier today and he has the choice today. And I must say it's a good one. Like we've done a lot of, we've done a lot of important, you know, like there is and and I, and I do like to use this platform to like highlight people that are doing, you know, political mm -hmm. work, social justice work all of this stuff. But also we can't forget that comedy heals Correct. too. <laughs> Just like we can't forget that drag heals yeah. too, like we got into mm -hmm. in our interview today. So my She Gets It of the week this week is Caitlin Riley. Now, if you don't know who Caitlin Riley is, you better get on TikTok and Instagram <laughs> ASAP because this woman, and I don't really, it's funny because I'm like, I don't really know that much about her. I'm sure that her, her fans like, really know about like her background oh and, but maybe she'll, um i also love maybe she'll find us and come on the show i mean i would love to have her as a guest i mean on come show. on um but she does these videos on tiktok and then posts them on instagram as well so you can find it either way it's hi hi caitlin mm -hmm. riley is her handle um but she does she riffs on instagram influencers 
actors and actresses in LA, wasp moms, generally terrible white women in any circumstance. Like it is, the work that she does is so funny, but it's not just funny. It comes from such an informed place. And again, this is why I like want to highlight because sometimes comedy does heal. Like it, it kind of even puts up a mirror to some of our bad learned behaviors Mm -hmm. that, you know, especially like for us being in LA and we're susceptible to all of these like subcultures that (laughs) have happened. Look, we're in LA. Let me just say that. That I I despise even as an LA native and I don't consider that part of my my culture, but it it happens and we're inundated with it. And the way that she riffs on it and just sets a fire under it just brings me so much joy so check her out i mean the the wasp moms are are pretty fantastic there's a whole series of those but she does all kinds of characters um one of them is just like la mom gives her assistant a grocery list and it's (laughs) i can't even do it like you're just gonna have to go look at it because it's so funny i literally screamed through it the first time um and had to watch it again to get all the jokes so caitlin riley gets gets it Caitlin Riley, she, she gets, gets it. it. She really gets it. I love it. it. I love it. Well, this, <laughs> I love that we are bringing a little healing, a little inspiration all through smiling this episode. That's what I feel like. From Jackie Cox to Caitlin Absolutely. Riley. And if you're joining us uh, over on our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash the con artist podcast, um, you know that we always do like a little revelation or a, or a, trivia or something you might not know. Um, so today, what I want to talk about because of Caitlin, um, I <laughs> I was going to do a Drag Race trivia, but there's so much Drag Race trivia online. You can do that there. I want to know from Allison and Melissa and myself, I will share as well. I want to know your worst Karen story. And that could be you being a Karen, experiencing a Karen, a- a- any sort of Karen story, I want to share some Karen stories because I think they're <gasps> hilarious. And I think the more we talk about them, the less powerful they become. And we're all about disempowering Karens. I have one. <laughs> okay. So you're going to have to find that content over on Patreon. Um, you can also follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at the Con Artist Pod. And if you're enjoying this episode or any of our episodes, uh, we appreciate it so much if on Apple you would send us a review and give us a little five stars. Please. Uh, if you're liking what you're hearing or if you've gotten something out of it, uh, we appreciate that so much because it helps us reach more listeners. And we think uh, these conversations can help so many people. And we're, we love doing it and we'd like to grow our audience even bigger. And you can help us directly with that. And it doesn't cost you anything to do. All right. I think that's everything. That is everything. And you are the best commercial announcer ever (laughs) with those glasses on. It's not a it's not a skill I thought I had, but I put these glasses on. And I know suddenly, it's great. Even though I it's think, wine o'clock, I, think, I feel very professional. I think now you have to put the glasses on every time you do that little segment. I think yeah. I will. I think I will. I mean, they're thank sitting you, right Jackie there. Thank you, Jackie All right. I adore you. <laughs> Always thank you. Jackie. And we will see everyone right. next week. I adore you as well. See you next week. Bye. Bye.